What's up, everybody? My name is Adam Badger, and welcome to Talkin' Fit. What's up, guys? Thank you for listening. If you are currently listening to this podcast, I just want you to know that I really appreciate it. Um, I understand that your time is valuable and you are busy just like everyone else. So if you're taking 20, 30 minutes to listen to me talk and try to teach you something on here, I really appreciate that. Honestly, it means a lot to me. Uh, If you do get value out of it, just please feel free to share it, leave a five-star review, all that stuff. But honestly, I just really appreciate you listening and trusting me uh, with your health because that's what you're doing, right? You're coming here for information to try to better your health, better your life. And if you're trusting me with that, I don't take that lightly. And I really, really appreciate you taking the time to listen to me. So thank you. And that is why I'm doing two of these a week now, because I feel they're very valuable. And at the end of my career, whenever that is, I'm going to have a ton of audio uh, that I can use to educate people along the way. So anyway, I just crossed five years of owning my own business this month, the month of April, and uh, I also just had my 100th online client uh, sign up since, (laughs) it's funny because I say it like it's like my 100th one total, but it's the 100th one since I started that Google form. Uh, for my client intake back in the end of 2021. But the reason why um, that 100th client means a lot to me is because when I started that Google form, uh, which is basically just my client intake form when uh, uh, after someone signs up as a client, this is the form that they fill out uh, going through all their lifestyle, their um, you know, food preferences, their uh, stats, their height, weight, age, all that stuff. Uh, the reason why that means a lot to me is because when I started that Google form, I started it um, when I was doing this uh, business coaching, business development program that was basically helping me uh, get my online business more off the ground. Because up until that point, it had been very sporadic. It had been something I was just kind of doing on the side, but not really going all in on. And I was really mainly just doing in-person coaching. And then when I started the online thing uh, and started to actively grow it, it was a it was a lot of work, a lot of work, <laughs> um, <clears throat> a lot of hours, a lot of reading, a lot of typing, a lot of filming, a lot of recording, a lot of conversations uh, with you know uh, clients or even just uh, potential clients and just getting you know feedback. Anyway, and it was also a huge investment on my part. The most I've ever invested in one in one purchase towards my business. Uh, so when I did it, it was very nerve wracking, very scary. And I was hiring a coach to help me. Um, and, and it was just a really big investment. And in seeing that 100th client come through um, after you know over a year of, of you know, doing that is really cool. It's very validating. But it just speaks to the whole, you know, results don't happen in three weeks, right? We're talking about a year. Uh, and I had set a goal like, oh, it'd be really cool to see a 100 on this uh, Google form one day. Uh, and now let's go to 200. Let's go to 300. Let's keep this going. But anyway, uh, speaking of coaching, uh, when I'm coaching clients, the 
approach I take to nutrition is called flexible dieting. I don't even really talk about the name too much just because I don't like labeling a diet. I hate when diets have names, but it's just basically what it is. It's flexible dieting. It's just an approach that means there's no foods that are off limits. There's no specific food groups that you can't eat. Um, It's probably the best and most sustainable way for most people to diet. And I say that because there's with nutrition, there's so much nuance. Um, at the end of the day, like if someone told me like they do intermittent fasting and that works for them, uh, then I'm like, okay, cool, that's fine. Uh, if someone told me they do keto and that works for them, and when I say works, I don't mean it makes you lose weight fast. I mean it works for your lifestyle, your food preferences, and you have a full understanding of it and you just like the way that that specific way of eating works for you. That's totally cool. The thing is with flexible dieting, you can still apply the principles of flexible dieting no matter what sort of nutrition you choose to practice. So even if you are intermittent fasting, most people are still flexible dieting within that uh, under the umbrella of intermittent fasting. If someone's doing keto, they're still probably doing some version of flexible dieting under that umbrella because flexible dieting just means you can be flexible with your food choices, your your meal timing, things like that. Um, so when you're approaching nutrition in a very flexible way i'll try not to use that word too much when you're approaching a flexible dieting or nutrition in a flexible way it just doesn't put a lot of constraints on you and it allows you to be fluid with your approach to eating and navigate real life because my goal is to help you navigate real life not create results in a bubble I, like I just said, five years owning my own business. I'm a business owner. I work full-time, usually more than full-time. Um, I have a son. I have a wife. I have a home. We have a dog. Uh, life gets in the way. It's tough. I get it. It's hard for all of us. So when you can be flexible with your approach to things, it makes things easier to adhere to. And the number one determining factor um about the success of your nutrition is your adherence, how adherent you are, how well you can stick to the plan uh, without deviating too much. And then behind that is consistency. So number one is adherence. You have to actually do the thing. And then number two is consistency. You have to do that thing over a long period of time in order to see results. And that goes across the board for, for everything. Uh, the thing about flexible dining, though, is it's very, it's become very miscommunicated uh, on social media, especially with how it works. And I think it leads people to make a lot of mistakes. And it's why they don't see a ton of success with it. Uh, So I wanted to explain to you guys exactly what flexible dieting is, uh, how it works, and then the mistakes that people tend to make uh, and why if you've made these mistakes, it might be holding you back from getting results. So uh, another way of flexible dieting uh, you may if you've been following like fitness or nutrition for any number of years you may have also heard of like macros like tracking your macros you may have also heard of like if it fits your macros Um, those are also just versions of flexible dieting Uh, again flexible dieting just means you can choose from any foods you want uh, to fit your goals for the day so the approach that has been 
you know, commercialized on social media is that like, hey, you can eat whatever you want and still lose weight. You can eat cookies, you can drink wine, you can eat french fries, and you can still lose weight. And all of that is true, but the way you approach flexible dieting is going to really make or break how successful it is for you, and I'll go through it. So uh, the first mistake I see people make, uh, and it goes to those two, like if it fits your macros and, and tracking your macros, the first mistake is tracking all three macros. Now, I'm speaking to you, if you're listening to this, I'm speaking to the person who wants to get stronger, wants to get leaner, wants to get healthier, wants to look better. I'm not speaking to a competitive bodybuilder, right? So unless you're a competitive bodybuilder or like a CrossFit athlete, or you're really trying to take things from like that 90% to 100%, then there's benefit in tracking your all three macros. And for those of you guys who maybe are haven't heard that term before, macros it just means macronutrients so macronutrients are carbs fats and proteins and the reason why they're called that is because those are the nutrients that we eat we consume the most of and they're the only nutrients that provide calories now if you've listened to any of my podcasts or you've followed nutrition at all you understand that calories are what determine weight loss or weight gain your total calories and your total protein so those are your two um your two things that are the most important when it comes to weight loss. So if calories, fats, and proteins are the only three things that have, I'm sorry, if carbs, fats, and proteins are the only three things that have calories, if you're tracking all three of them, you are now controlling your calorie intake. So that's what helps you lose weight. That's why tracking macros has maybe worked for you in the past if you've lost weight in it. It's because it was a way to control your total calories. So now if you understand that, you can see that you don't necessarily need specific fat and carb goals in order to lose weight. So for the average person, when they're tracking all three macros and they're trying to hit three different targets every single day, it can be very complicated and it creates a weird relationship with the numbers because people will, and I've seen this as a nutrition coach, um, people will have the idea that if they eat Uh, 60 grams of fat instead of 55 grams of fat, that it could really affect their weight loss and they get discouraged. Now imagine that over three separate numbers every single day, seven days a week for weeks on end. That's a lot to track. It's a lot of pressure to put on your day and it's not very sustainable. So the reason why this is a big mistake is because people can't stick to it for a long period of time. So they end up either white knuckling it and gutting it out for like four to eight weeks or they just abandon it and they don't stick to it and what i've also seen is that people tend to then like just lie or fib the numbers um like they just won't track certain things because they just don't want to see on my fitness pal which is the app most people use to track their food they don't want to see that they went out of their ranges so i've actually you know interact with people and coach people who like they will just like intentionally not track certain things just to not see their numbers messed up. Which again, if you understand that what you put in your body is what actually matters, what's in my fitness pal does not matter, uh, then you'll uh, then you can see like that that's just 
pointless. It's pointless to lie about what you're eating because if you're doing that just to see your numbers on MyFitnessPal be perfect, but you're over-consuming calories, you're still going to mess up your fat loss. So when you're tracking all three macros, uh, it can be very overwhelming and it's just not necessary to... um, you know, to see success. And if you're listening to this and you're like, well, what, what are you talking about tracking your food? Or maybe maybe you're new to the show. A huge piece of the flexible dieting approach is that you have to track your food for a certain period of time. You have to log what you're eating so that you can actually know, are you staying within your macro goals or your calorie goals, right? You need The only way to know that is to accurately track it. So one big mistake I see with flexible dining is people are trying to track three separate numbers every single day and trying to hit them perfectly. The alternative to that that you would probably see more success with is to just track your calories and protein, but also give yourself ranges to fall within because your body is not as fickle and, you know, um, I don't even think the other word, but it's just, it's just not as fickle as you think it is. Uh, when you set a calorie range and a protein range, it gives you more flexibility, right? Which is flexible dining. So you don't have to hit specific numbers on the nose every single day to hit success. You factually don't have to, and you, you know, in practice don't have to. As long as you're giving yourself a a reasonable calorie and protein range, you're going to see pretty much the same results uh, than if you were tracking all three macros and hitting them on target, right? So think about that. You can have a calorie range and a protein range, or you can track three specific numbers. And if you hit all three specific numbers perfect, or if you just fall within these calorie protein ranges, you can see the same quality results both with both approaches, but one of them is drastically easier and more flexible. Like, It's a no-brainer. So what you would do is you would set your calorie range and your protein range, and you would just try to fall within those every day. And now in order to fall within those, you will have to start paying attention to your food choices, to how many meals a day you need to eat, to, you know, what to do if you eat a bigger breakfast than normal. Like, how do you adjust the rest of the day? What do you do if you're going to have a, a dinner out and, and it's going to be higher calories than you than you think? You can adjust. You can you can manage that, that calorie swing. And I usually recommend to give yourself like a 100 to 150 calorie swing uh, over or under. So if your calorie goal is 1,600 calories, you can land within 1,500 or 1,700 and be fine, right? And with your protein, I usually do like a 10 gram swing. So if your goal is 120 grams of protein, you can land between 110 grams and 130 grams and you're going to be fine. Again, it just builds a lot more flexibility into your approach. So tracking all three macros and trying to hit them on the nose is just unsustainable it's very you know mentally draining and it just can cause a bad relationship with the process so instead i would recommend giving yourself a calorie protein range uh calorie range and protein range and just trying to fall within those every day as you develop the habits and as you stay consistent and adherent to the process it becomes easier and easier to fall within those and that's how you actually develop habits Mistake number two. Uh, this is a really big mistake, and probably more common than the first one, is trying to fit every food you love or craving you have into your day. Um, I see this a lot, especially with newer clients uh, when they're first starting up, <coughs> because um, people just take the whole 
you can eat whatever you want and still lose weight too literally. Um, you can, but just because you can do something doesn't mean that you should do it frequently. There's a huge difference between those two things. Like you can eat Oreos every day and lose weight, but should you be doing that? Is that actually building a new habit for you? Is that actually teaching you about the importance of some discipline in your day? Um, that's where that's where I like to just coach people on. The purpose of flexible dieting is to allow for things to happen um, without anxiety and stress, but it's not to intentionally fit any sort of craving you want into your day because now we're not actually changing habits. This just is trying to carry your old self with you. Now, there's so much nuance to this. There's so much individualization to this because let's say I have a client who, uh, you know, they just really love ice cream, right? Like they're just like, I just, I would love to be able to have ice cream, you know, once a day as like, like a dessert. And, uh, if I could do that, it would make the diet more sustainable for me. And they're hitting their protein goals. They're, they're staying in their calorie range and they're, you know, adjusting their ice cream, you know, eating, down to one serving a night for like a, like 150 calories and they can stick to that serving and it makes the diet easier for them to stick to. I'm 1000% cool with that. What I see people doing is there's not a consistency in what they're trying to fit in. It's just that they just are going about the day and trying to just fit random things in because they're really dying on the cross of I can eat it wherever I want and lose weight. So what happens is they're trying to fit any, you know, cookie or drink or, um, you know, Panera salad into their calories every single day. And it just makes the day unpredictable and they can't really plan for it because there's no consistency in their food choices. They're just like, oh, I feel like having a cookie today. Let's see if I can fit that in. Oh, I feel like having wine tonight. Let's see if I can fit that in. And now they're paying, they have to pay more and more attention to their numbers every single day, which creates a bad relationship with the numbers, which makes the diet not as sustainable. Because if every day you have to like rack your brain and do all this math to fit these random foods in, it just makes the process seem annoying. And again, there's nuance to this. Like, you know, uh, if you uh, like to put half a cup of creamer in your coffee every morning, and you just really need that cup of coffee in the morning, and that that really makes your life better. I'm not going to take that out. That's where flexible dieting has value because you don't have to take these things out of your diet. But it doesn't mean you just fit whatever the fuck you want into your diet every single day and be like, "Well, I'm doing flexible dieting, right?" Because we're not actually teaching you habits. Then we're just saying, "Hey, you know, eat whatever you want and lose weight." Now, again, nuance. If I'm taking someone who is, you know let's say a female who wants to lose a hundred pounds and they're eating a pint of ice cream every night and I can get them to eat a scoop of ice cream every night and that's going to help them lose the first 50 pounds, then I'm cool with that. That's fine. Even if they're not hitting their protein goals or, you know, and their calorie range is, you know, not exactly where it should be, but it's lower than it was and they're losing weight, like the benefits they're getting from the weight loss is going to drastically outweigh any unnecessary 
you know, foods they're fitting into their diet. Because for someone who's for someone who wants to lose 100, 150 pounds, 200 pounds, uh, getting that first 50 pounds or 100 or 75 pounds off is way more beneficial to, to their health than micromanaging every single food choice that they make. Because once they get that 50, 75 pounds off, they're going to be healthier, move better, feel better, and they'll probably be more bought in emotionally to make better choices then. So it's very, very nuanced. However, if I have someone come to me and they're like already lifting weights, they're already working out, and they're like, I just want to take my body to the next level, and I want to get leaner, and I, I want to see muscle tone for the first time, then I'm like, all right, Sally, like you can't fit wine into your <laughs> macros every single night if you're trying to just lose that last 10 pounds. But is that worth it for you and we have that conversation but anyway the, the mistake is just trying to fit every single craving into your day uh, and not really building any like solid habits around food so what i would do instead is a you know pre-plan that a couple times a week you're probably going to eat foods that don't fit into your normal routine be like, okay, on Fridays, I know I'm going to get a slice of pizza uh, or I'm going to order pizza with my kids or I'm going to go out to dinner with my husband or wife and I'm going to eat a little higher calorie dinner than I normally would and then allow for those things to happen and adjust your 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 calories and protein accordingly so that you're planning the you know, uh, deviation or you're making the adjustments for something that's actually worth it meaning a special night out with someone you love or a night in with your family versus I just feel like having a cookie right now, right? So that you can see the, the difference in that approach. Number three, uh, also another thing, uh, sorry, another thing with that is also just like being able to allow life to happen. If you're not playing calorie Tetris and doing like uh, Russell Crowe in a beautiful mind calculations on your window trying to fit every single craving you have into your day, what happens is you build habits and they become easier to stick to. And then once in a while, if you have a spontaneous lunch out or you get, uh, you know, your spouse shows up with a surprise cookie, you can eat that and not worry about it because you're so consistent on the other days. Uh, mistake number three is just trying to switch things up too, too frequently. Going from like eating one, uh, you know, one group of food choices to a completely different food group of food choices every other day or every week and just making the process uh, you know, more complicated than it needs to be. So the flexible dieting was originally kind of like uh, come up with by really smart people to just inform people that, hey, if you don't, if your meal plan, because this is back when like people used to do like meal plans, if your meal plan says that you need to eat chicken and rice right now, but you are sick of chicken and want to eat shrimp instead, then you can and it's not going to fuck up your results. Like that's what flexible dieting actually was supposed to be. It was supposed to be like, hey, you don't have to be married to these certain foods like chicken, shrimp, turkey, lean sirloin steak all have pretty much the same protein calorie breakdown. So you can rotate between those. Um white rice, brown rice, sweet potato, white potato, pasta per serving all have like, you know, similar carb calorie uh, breakdowns. Hey, you don't have to just eat sweet potatoes every single day. You can switch it up. That's what flexible dieting was supposed to be about. Now people are like trying to make, you know, carrot cake protein muffins for breakfast. And they're trying to come up with a new 
crazy, really interesting dinner every night or trying to make healthy, high-protein lasagna, and it just like gets out of hand, it becomes really hard to track. And again, you're not actually learning about the food you're eating. You're just trying to make the diet like as close to your old way of eating as possible. So if someone used to eat a blueberry muffin for breakfast every morning and then they're like, trying to find this complicated protein blueberry muffin recipe like you're not actually changing your habits and you know spoiler most of those recipes have around the same amount of fucking calories as the regular muffin does anyway so you're not actually even changing your calorie intake you're just like creating a, an illusion that you're eating healthier so what i would do when you're when you're approaching you know a flexible dieting uh lifestyle is just still try to build your meals, your food choices around foods that are going to give you the most bang for your buck, that are going to keep you full, that are going to have good, you know, nutrient uh, properties like you know high nutritional value for low calories. You know, basing your meals around whole foods, hot, lean proteins, produce most of the time. That's the key. Flexible dining is to develop a lifestyle that you can stick to most of the time. It's not about, oh, I got to eat chicken and broccoli for five meals a day. It's also not about, I can eat a Pop-Tart every morning for breakfast and still lose weight. It's like this big middle ground, this large gray area where you can eat, you know, you can rotate between different foods throughout the week, throughout the month, and still see results. So you don't have to live like a regimented soldier to see results. But you do have to still develop some level of routine, some level of discipline to not just run through McDonald's whenever you feel like it, right? Um, flexible dieting is basically to set up the the thought process of, oh, if in some weird circumstance I was out and and literally the only option I had was McDonald's and it was either that or not eating – that I could fit that into my day and not think I fucked up my diet and not think I ruined my results. Like that's what it's supposed to do is, you know, allow you to stay on course during weird situations or to occasionally fit in foods that you really feel like eating. It's not to, hey, look at me, I can eat a McDouble every single day and still lose weight. You still have to pay attention to your food quality. So what I would do is when you're approaching flexible dieting, you have your calorie and protein ranges, is find your one to two breakfast options, your two to three lunch options, your three to five dinner options, and stick to those most of the time. And if you get sick of one of those options, you swap that one out for something different and you stick to that for a little while. But if you're getting sick of something every single week and needing feeling the need to switch it up, that's not a nutrition problem and that's not a you know, diet is boring problem. That's a mindset problem. That's you like putting this expectation that your food needs to be the most palatable, amazing thing that you just want to eat every single day. Um, when if you think back to how you were eating prior to tracking your food, you probably were eating stuff that was the same every day and that you probably didn't really enjoy that much. It was just you were eating it out of routine and you're just facing the discomfort of building a new routine and just don't quit yet. Stick it out. And the last mistake that I see people make 
and I've kind of touched on this throughout the other ones, is not paying attention to the quality of their food. They're just paying attention to the calories and the protein. Now, yes, your calories and your protein are the main determining factors for weight loss. And if I'm taking someone who is, you know, either obese or, you know, not active, they're very sedentary, and they're just trying to like start build health, starting to build a healthier lifestyle, and we're making these slow changes, I'm not going to take that person from eating uh, a Big Mac every day for lunch to eating, you know, grilled chicken and rice, because they're just not going to stick to it. It's just, it's not the same. You have to make that transition slow. But at the end of the day, you still have to pay attention to the quality of the food that you're eating. If you are hitting your calories and your protein every single day, but you're eating uh, Eggo waffles and McDonald's and Subway sandwiches every single day, and you're losing weight, yes, you're getting benefits from the weight loss. And if, again, there's always the, the ends of the spectrum. If you're someone who's trying to lose 15 pounds, you need to pay attention to your food quality because you don't have that much weight to lose. Losing the 15 pounds isn't going to drastically change your health. It's going to change the way you look and the way you feel, but it's not going to drastically change your health markers because 15 pounds may feel like a lot to you, but it's really not that much. What you So you need to actually start working through these habits and your food quality so that you're actually feeling better, you have better health, so that you can maintain that 15-pound weight loss and look better. If someone's trying to lose 115 pounds, then yes, food quality is important, but it's not the first thing we need to focus on. The first thing we need to focus on is getting weight off. So whatever we can, you know, whatever thing we can do that's healthy and sustainable to get the weight off, and maybe at first that means just literally just switching from regular soda to diet soda and that's going to help you drop 20 pounds like because of the calorie reduction then we're going to do that and i'm not going to worry if you're getting a grilled chicken sandwich at mcdonald's every day because you losing 50 pounds is going to be way better for your health than um you know whether or not you cut out mcdonald's so i hope that makes sense but you have to eventually even for that person who's trying to lose 115 pounds as they get closer to their body weight they should start paying attention to food quality ideally they'd be doing that from the beginning but again it's really dependent on the person and how well they're adhering to things the reason why you want to pay attention to food quality is because there's more to food than calories and whether or not it helps you lose weight and this is one of the big aha mindset switches that i help clients make is that food is not just about weight loss and weight gain you know that's this is why you keep falling off your diet and this is why you have an all-nothing mindset approach because you're like well i need to lose weight i need to eat healthier and then as soon as you're not motivated to lose weight anymore you stop eating healthy the it's crazy to me that the term healthy eating is even a thing it should really just be we all eat a certain way and that way happens to be healthy like if you think about it realistically and i'm not saying that i am i've i'm 100 perfect by any means i definitely have foods that i eat that are not healthy but they're in the 10 to 20 percent of the time we have to understand you don't need to live a perfect healthy lifestyle meaning 100 percent of the things you do are healthy choices because there are a lot of benefits in occasionally making unhealthy choices for example we all know that drinking alcohol is not healthy for you like i don't care how many calories it has alcohol is just not healthy for you we're not gonna lie and go well it is healthy because i'm drinking a white claw instead of an ipa no it's not fucking healthy it's not healthy for you but 
it's okay to fit that unhealthy thing into your lifestyle in moderation if it helps you enjoy life more. Like for for me, if I can have you know one or two drinks a week and it helps me have a fun night on a Friday or whatever, like that unhealthy choice is worth it for my overall quality of life. But if you're drinking every single night, but you're just fitting it into your calories, it's not healthy for you. Like it's just fucking not. Um, so you have to eventually pay attention to the quality of the food that you're eating and how it's affecting your overall health. Food is not just about, you know, losing and gaining weight. It has much more to it than that. How is it affecting your digestion? How is it affecting your sleep? How is it affecting your hunger levels throughout the day? How is it affecting your immune system? Like we forget that your the food you eat, like your ability to digest it and actually use it is has a lot of um, value, obviously, but it's just like, it, it, that's the main purpose of the food that you're eating is that you can digest it and break it down and use it. It's not just like put calories in your body. So if you think about it through that lens, if you're eating whole foods that are lean proteins and produce and your body can readily use them, you're going to get more benefits from that from an overall health perspective, from a performance perspective, from a, a sleep perspective than you would if you were eating like a very heavily processed food. On the other hand, too, very heavily processed foods tend to have uh, higher calories per serving. They're also easier to overeat on. They're much more palatable. So even if you're eating a quote-unquote healthy option of a food, but it's very highly processed, there's a higher likelihood that you might overeat that food. For example, if you're like, I want chips, so I'm going to get the Quest protein chips, um, that's not a healthier option. It's just a chip with some extra protein in it. But if it's very palatable and you eat two bags of it, it's probably got the same amount of calories or close to of regular potato chips. So this is why if you were to instead eat like a high protein produce meal, you would probably feel way better than after eating the bag of Quest chips because you eat the bag of Quest chips, you can say, oh, I got my protein in, but it's not going to keep you full. It's actually probably not even going to taste that great. And then in 30 minutes, you're going to be like, I'm fucking hungry again. I need another snack. And it leads to just more eating. If you were eating more meals that were more nutrient dense, you're going to it's going to be easier to stick to your calorie protein goals. So I hope that makes sense. So anyway, guys, if you are interested at all in learning more about flexible dieting, I'm happy to talk about and answer any of your questions. But the approach to flexible dieting, if you're doing it the right way, is probably the most sustainable and best approach for most people to lose weight because it allows you to live your life, to allow life to happen. But it doesn't mean that you have absolutely no barriers on your behavior. If you actually want to change your health, change your body, live a longer, healthier, happier life, you at some point need to be paying attention to the stuff you're putting in your body beyond just how many calories and how much protein does it have. That's where we want to get to. So the first step is to start focusing on how many calories and how much protein do I need trying to fit in those ranges. As you develop those habits, you'll start to learn and you start to plug in different foods and, and find what works for you from a taste perspective, from a sustainability perspective. And you'll be able to stick to it longer because if life happens and you can't stick to your preferred foods, you understand that it didn't ruin your diet. But it's not about leaving the house every single morning to go to work with no preparation, no plan in place, and then just be like, all right, well, I'll just track my food today and find stuff that fits into my calories. 
because that's not sustainable either. Uh, I hope this is helpful. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you soon. Let me know if you have any questions.